Hi, Brett and LT here. If you thought last year's Wellness Summit was big, just wait for the 2016 edition. New speakers, incredible venue, world-class exhibitors, and 1,000 of your closest wellness enthusiasts hanging around all in one place. A strictly limited number of two-for-one tickets have just been released, so get in whilst you can enjoy the Wellness Summit for less than $10 per hour. We haven't released any tickets for quite some time, and this block of tickets are available right now. All you have to do is go to thewellnesssummit.com. That's thewellnesssummit.com. Enter your name and your details, and then mark off your calendar for the 10th and 11th of September in your diary, and we'll see you at the Melbourne Convention and Exhibition Center for the biggest wellness event of the year. TheWellnessCouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. Welcome to Backchat, exploring the five pillars of health with Dr. Paul Bergamo and Dr. Anthony Coxon. Welcome to Backchat. My name is Paul Bergamo, and it's great to be here in our next podcast. Backchat is about being your best. We do this by exploring the five pillars of health. It refers to be, being your best in thinking, moving, eating, sleeping, and also in your neurology. Today, we're going to explore the health pillar of being your best with your moving. To help me today with that, with great pleasure, as always... I introduce my fellow chiropractor and co-host, Anthony Coxon. G'day, mate. How you going, Anthony? Hi, Paul. I'm doing extra good, extra good. Gee, we've got some interest around the podcast today, haven't we? Well, you know what? My 15-year-old daughter, Kiara, to be frank and to be honest, has never really been interested in my in the Backchat podcast. Really? Series. No? And I've been <laughs> baffled by that. But when it's come to, to, to this podcast... Uh, and today our, and our particular guest today, yeah, and a pretty little promotion we did last Sunday night, and uh, I said to, I said, look, I need a photo, someone to take a photo with, uh, with Tim and myself, and she just put her hand right up straight away and said, let that be me, and I'm thinking, my God, you've never been interested in the podcast. There Why you is go. this? There you go. Yes, and there's no doubt about it. She, our, our guest tonight has um, has definitely a lot of attraction from uh, one uh, side of the fence, that's for sure. But uh, look. Let, let, shall we get straight into it? Why don't you uh, introduce our uh, our guest tonight? Excellent. So Tim Robards is an icon of Australia's love of health, fitness, and clean living. A successful Sydney chiropractor, it was through his appearance on Channel 10's ratings winner, The Bachelor, and I'm a celebrity get me out of here, that Tim was introduced to Australian and New Zealand audiences. It's, it's with this growing profile, he's committed to spreading a message of clean living with his newly launched program, The Robards Method. Hey, Tim, how are you going? Hey guys, how are you? What an intro! I'm kind of uh, blushing a little bit here. <laughs> well, uh, let, let's get the bachelor stuff up in front and out of the way, shall we? Before we get into uh, your exercise program, because that, yes, but despite all belief, that is what we're here to talk about tonight. Absolutely. But my daughter has asked, "How are you and Anna going?" We need to know, you know, just these things. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, um, life's good. You know, it was now two and a half years since wow. uh, since the show, since we. Um, since we kind of, uh, you know, I told her I loved her the first time. Yeah. And, um, yeah, now yeah, we, we've been living together for about a year and a half and, you know, life's, life's going good. We're just living a, a normal relationship now. Well, kind of normal. There's still a few, um, you know, we, we there's a few uh, different things because you're still in the media. But it's funny, you come out of a show like that and because so many people invest so much time and emotion in it, they – they, you still have this responsibility that you kind of need to kind of keep it, sh- like keep showing it a little bit. Right. Because, uh, yeah. I mean, yeah. You could have kind of 
tucked into a little hole and not show that face, but it's kind of nice in a way that you you are a bit of an inspiration for people when it comes to love and romance and stuff. So um, it's uh, yeah, it's a it's a different kind of journey for us, but it's one that we love being a part of. Well, you're certainly uh, proving all the pundits wrong who said it was just all fake, it was all made up, you know, all actors. Yeah, but, I mean, you're actually living yeah. a normal, healthy relationship now. It's gone beyond just yeah, uh, all I mean, the glam of TV. Yeah, well, you've got to get used to it. I mean, I, I read in the uh, one of the magazines this week and they've, like, they've got these shots. They've said, oh, you know, Trouble in Paradise. And they've got shots oh, of me walking out of my office with my U-Foods package, which is some some, um, some food that I actually work with, some food I take home. And they've got Kim's moving out. Oh, are you serious? A shot of us at a cafe where Anna's looking out the window. She's probably... A, I don't know, staring into, you know, that resty bitch face. And they're like, they're like, they're on the rocks. They, they had an argument. Oh, my goodness. Did, you know, like all this stuff. So you got to put up with a little bit of this. Right. But uh, aside from that, we just kind of laugh at it. But it does mean you've got to explain yourself to everyone. They're like, do you all have friends? They go, oh, you guys are right. I'm like, yeah. Yeah. It's so mum and dad call and say, I've just, just read a new idea. Is everything okay? <laughs> Was that a new yeah, idea or no idea? No idea. No idea. Right. Awesome. So how did you, is it something you can take in your stride and just uh, laugh it off or does it get annoying? Does it get, uh, you know, in your face? And You know, the thing that, like, when I read that one the other day, like, you go, yeah, most people look at it and go, okay, yeah, it's probably some, some dodgy photos and they've tweaked it. But the thing that does get me sometimes is when they have someone, a source said, and they quote, oh, yeah. someone said, Tim and Anna are doing all this for social media and she's actually, Anna's actually moved out of the house. Mm, and you read yeah. that, and it's in quotes. So yep. you know, source and it kind of, it's absolute total rubbish that someone in the in their office is you know put their hand up, go yeah, I'll take it. So sometimes when someone puts a quote, that you know that's what gets you going because it's a total lie. Yeah. But what can you do? This this idea of a journalistic license, you know, when they say the source said, I mean, you know, you know, really, yeah, I yeah. mean, how much do we push this? I mean, God, where's this yeah. source? Friend, like, friends close to the couple say oh, that. You know, that's usually goodness, the line, that, isn't it? I mean, and, and a serious point. What and what Tim raises? I mean, you know, we all live in worlds of accountability. But let's be honest. I mean, you know, we these guys can can you know make this sort of stuff up and say the source said and. And that's okay, but you know, it's it's I don't know, it's a bit frustrating. And, but and, yeah, people believe that. Like, if oh, there's a source, obviously, and you go, oh, and then it just makes it just makes a bit of a headache for you. It's more that I have to explain it to people. Yeah, <laughs> so, right. Yeah. 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 So we are here to talk a little bit yes. about obviously uh, you beyond just uh, the Bachelor. I mean, obviously, media is a very important part of uh, your life and something that you you'll continue to pursue. But uh, we're interested yep. also to know about your uh, your chiropractic and neck size uh, science background. So. Um, you know, let, let, let's start by, you know, you're obviously uh, very passionate uh, about health and well-being. How did it all start for you? Was it chiropractic or the exercise that came first? Yeah, I think what really came first, my grandma was actually a really big inspiration for me. So I grew up, my grandma was a bit of an alternative grandma, She and she was very young. So she was she was more like my mum. So she grew up with, um, I had 20 years of massage. So she was she did Chinese massage, Qigong, um, Tai Chi, and she taught at a TAFE and all that. So I think I grew up with, with a kind of a healing touch, and, you know, she used to talk about qi and qi energy and all. I never, I never got it, and I still don't, but, um, <laughs> you know, she... she I think she was a big inspiration for me. Um, you know that that kind of seeing her live it and really kind of tweak my some of the questions I would have. Like she would always challenge me in different ways. Like, oh, you you think that's right? Well, the Chinese say this. You know, da da da. So it was always a different. Ad. It just got me questioning things. And um, you know, I think that's that's where it sort of stemmed from. 
And, you know, I think after that, I kind of started practicing that and just knowing what it feels like to be healthy and balanced. I see so many people out there as a chiropractor who are out of balance mm. and that I just get passionate about kind of giving the knowledge that I've been lucky to receive pretty early on in life that other people haven't got and giving that to others. So, Tim, I suppose hearing those sort of background and roots, you probably could have gone down being an acupuncturist or, you know, Chinese <laughs> medicine sort of so. So why chiropractic? Yeah. Was, there an, was there a particular incident or was there sort of other influences that led you down to become uh, like Anthony myself chiropractor? Yeah, I think, um, well, actually, so I went through nine years of university. So I started in a photonics degree, which is like a light physics, which was um, – Totally out there, and I was I was doing um, some uh, personal training at the time, and after that I was I went through and I ha- I actually hurt my back and I went and saw a chiropractor and when he kind of went in it was more just about back pain you know I just thought you see the chiro for back pain and when he started actually talking about how it can affect other functions of the body one of the biggest things for me at that time I'd had this like cold kind of cough cold that just it was lingering for like ten weeks I just felt my immune system was was down and. I got this adjustment and it just the next day it was like this whole thing had lifted and that for me was the thing where I actually felt a huge difference. You know, I, before that I'd go out and have one or two beers on a Saturday night and the next day I'd be like, <laughs> I just didn't feel robust and strong on the inside and something, whatever this guy did to me, I felt a million bucks and that kind of was the first thing. And then as I then um, went on and I went into exercise science and what I was missing with that degree was you're always showing someone how to do something, but you don't actually have that hands-on touch. And yeah. I think the link between what I'd grown up with with my grandma with that hands-on as well as educating, um, I kind of missed that. And funnily enough, it's like all these little things combined. My ex-girlfriend, her brother was doing the degree, so I just I was just asking him a thousand questions all the mm. time. And the fact that I'd already done six years of uni to go back to uni again <laughs> and do another degree, so I decided, I thought, you know what, I actually really love this and I'm going to go back for another three years and another, what, $50,000 or whatever it is and, yep. and go and do the master's. So here I am. Fantastic. You know, it's quite funny. <clears throat> the journey that you're on is not so dissimilar to my son at the moment who is just – He's gotten, as we had this conversation before, how Joel is right into his cycling and high yeah. performance, yes. and uh, he wants to. Do, oh, he wants to do chiropractic, but he really wants to do exercise science because he wants to work with high performance athletes. He's really into the nutrition thing, and I can just so see him doing exactly what you've done, Tim. Is go through, yeah. finish the exercise science stuff, love it, and I'm sure he'll love it, and then go. Uh, but I need to do something else. So I think yeah, we're going to be supporting him for a long time. <laughs> Sorry, what was that? I felt it didn't give me enough tools, that initial degree with the exercise science. Yeah, right. Base to really, and you're younger, you're kind of working out what you want to do. But, you know, time goes so quick. So for me, at the end of it, when I look back and go nine years, it actually went pretty quick. It mm. does. Yep. It does flow very quickly, doesn't it? So in, the, in regards, you know, when we, we come about talking about movement, uh, Tim, why do you think so many people struggle with incorporating movement into their lifestyle? I think, um, you know, you look at our modern-day age, it's an environment we've created for ourselves, you know. Um, we, we live, we work, we sit in front of boxes, we drive to work in a box, and it's our life surrounded by mm. being in or around boxes. And, you know, we've got more fast food than ever, um, you know, decreased social interaction. Uh, there's, there's the environment we've now created for ourselves is not very conducive to good movement. Yep. And so your your movement background, your your what did you uh, you've done? What sort of exercise has been your thing that you've done as a, as a child growing up? I mean, 
Yeah, so well, I grew up in Newcastle, which is big football football community, and I um, so originally I you know I was lifting weights to get a bit bigger for that, and I, I didn't always have the kind of functional kind of um, philosophy, I guess, of what I got now it was more you know get big, get strong for football type yep. thing. So um, now what I've kind of learned over the years, I've had a few little injuries myself, and you know that a lot of them were due to lack of mobility, and. Uh, you know, sitting in my years of uni, um, all that sort of stuff that I, I didn't actually factor in and realize how poorly that I was moving. And once I started kind of going through the Cairo stuff and realizing, I think it's like um, a lot of the Cairo's there are usually the ones with the worst backs because they've gone to it. They've originally started with a with a bad spot or whatever, gone to a Cairo, had a great result. And yeah. Gone, okay, okay, now it's time to turn my life around. That's right. Um, and I want to, you know, do that for other people. So it's kind of similar to me. So I've just, um, you know, I've started working a bit of trial and error. I've done all the hard work on myself. And now I've got a lot of the answers that I'm trying to help other people out with. Got a shortcut it for them. So you're, we've mentioned before about how you had your, your thing with Bachelor. You, you were already uh, a practicing chiropractor before this all happened. Did you have your own practice at, at that stage? And what sort of happened since then? Yeah, so um, I was working for... Um, when I when I first started, it was probably about three years before that, and I was working for a guy who, when I was, um, it was actually right before I decided to study chiropractic. I remember seeing him out once, and um, and he just said, "Look, I love I love getting up in the morning and going to work." And there's not many people who say that, and no. that was he was one of the people that he's now still my my boss, I guess, and my business partner. But there's not many people who can say that they love getting up to go to work, and that really kind of stuck with me. Um, so that, so then I ended up working with him three years later and now I'm still working with him and then I've had the opportunity to go into business with him. So, um, I opened up two clinics, one in Bondi and one in Oatley and was running them. I was working for one of them at the time, but now, yeah, life's gotten pretty busy. So I've actually, I've actually stepped back. I just work at one clinic, was running the other clinics and, um, and then all the media and the, the robots method and now travel stuff and everything on top of that. Right, Jesus, that's a, that's a that's a busy day. It's a busy day. I mean, I remember yeah. uh, for a, for a brief time, I actually. Uh, oh, hang on, what are you starting to compare here? No, 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 I'm not comparing. What are you no, trying to say here, Cox? No, what, as in body shape? Oh, yeah. right. Okay. I know everyone's right. complaining that we're yeah. we're not videoing today, aren't they? So, oh, right. You, know, oh, right. Well, you and I are personally quite happy with that. Well, but, I think it's uh, there's a lot better. of people who are a bit upset with it. That's right. Um, but no, but it's the, the challenges of running two practices and diluting your energies like uh, like that, especially if you're hands on in those practices. I, I actually found that it was very difficult for me uh, running them remotely and taking more of a managerial role. I guess that's a bit different, but certainly running two practices when you're in there and with all that you do, Tim, with your media and everything else, that's a, a lot of a lot on your plate. That's for sure. Mm. Yeah, definitely, definitely. I just yeah, it's um, <laughs> you get very, very good at time management. Yeah, um, yeah, but yeah, that's one of the things I'm trying to um to balance out is you know you don't wanna, you can't be a master of all things. Yes, so you just gotta put your energy into a few things and do them really well. And, um, yeah, and I'm trying sort of just on top of it on by the hair of my skin. <laughs> <to continue. laughs> yeah, well, having good people around you, which I'm sure you do, exactly. obviously uh, helps. Uh, and, and like you said, you don't have to be good at everything, but uh, those things that you're not as good as have those kind of people, you know, around that are good at what you're not good at. Oh, is that your secret? That's, that's the air. Uh, well, very good, very we're, we're, it's all a working process, isn't it? Now, now, Tim, back on the topic of health. So in the context of motivation, you know, that's a that's a big factor we see in our practices and I'm sure you see in your practice as well where you know, patients come to us and they just lose that sort of motivation. Can you sort of give us some tips how, you know, 
how the patient population can find motivation and some of the barriers and some of the things we can try and do to help that? Yeah, definitely. Um, I guess it all comes down to, I always say to people, you know, what kind of experience do you want here on Earth? You know, your time's pretty limited. It goes pretty quick. Like, the years are going faster and faster. So do you want – I just see a lot of people who are running at, you know, 50% of their potential, and they don't Mm -hmm. realise there's this whole unused potential, you know. And um, I guess part of my job is to try and um, find this within them. But the other thing is to be – kind of super clear on why you want to do something. Um, you know, if someone comes into me as a, as a patient and says, oh, most people, you know, you put down there your short-term goals, long-term goals, and they all say, oh, I want to be fitter, I want to be healthier, I want to lose some weight. But you've got to go, okay, you've got to get to the why behind that because that's not motivational mm. enough, you know, motivating mm. enough. It's why do you want to be fitter? And when you start asking the questions, well, why do you want to lose weight? And maybe I want to lose weight because I want to be more attractive to this guy that I've been, you know, had my eyes on for however long. Or I want to be fitter because it actually makes me a better partner. I'm happier. When I'm more balanced, I'm happier. I'm a better partner for my, you know, my loved one at home. Mm. I'm less grumpy. I'm less whatever. So when you get to that underlying little kind of a little bit it's that emotional kind of factor driver that's how and if you you know when this time when you get up in the morning you're like oh i can't be bothered going to the gym i can't be bothered going for some exercise i might just you know have a bowl of cocoa pops when you remember that kind of emotional factor that's the thing that's going to go right now i'm going to put my joggers on i'm going to get out the door or i'm going to start looking after myself so it's really not just the metrics of say trying to lose certain weight it's actually trying to align goals health goals with those sort of um, aspirations, if you like, and does, does the does your product, the Robards Method, talk about that in regards what it does? Yeah, so um, yeah, everyone's got um, different different goals and different um, different reasons to get there. I've kind of tried to with the product, with the Robards Method. Um, what it's kind of like the eighty twenty rule, you know. If you get the the basics right, you'll you'll have eighty percent. If you get the twenty percent right, you'll have eighty percent of the result. So I'm trying to simplify health down for people into those, you know, think right, eat right, move right. Just make it really easy because health doesn't have to be super complicated. You know, you don't have to have these super restrictive diets. You don't have to be training like um, you know some Olympic athlete. But if you get the simple stuff right. Um, then it can be actually quite simple to achieve and get those goals. So when it comes to and I, um, one of the things I, which you've sort of alluded to anyway, but uh, it's about inspiration rather than motivation, and that's that emotional anchor that you were talking about. It so people just feel inspired to do mm. things rather than pushed into doing yeah, something yeah. Uh, yeah. and also that they find something that they can really enjoy the process because mm. you mentioned earlier we're not here for for a long time in the context of yeah. uh, the universe so you know there's nothing worse than you know wasting your time doing something that you're not enjoying so finding that enjoyment and love of movement is important but but clearly there are some rules uh, in terms of, you know, uh, or at least guidelines? What are some of the important things that you look at in terms of the best way to train or the best way to, to move and to exercise? Yeah, well, um, I guess it um, comes back to, again, how what your goals are and how far you want to push that. But um, I think you need to, if you want to, our bodies respond to challenge. You know, lifting a weight is, is a stress on the body. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, your body responds to that stress. Most of the training, and, um, you know, you're trying to put a small amount of stress on the body so that you have this beneficial adaptation to that stress. 
And that may be, you know, sometimes we challenge ourselves mentally with things. You might do a crossword. Um, with exercise, you, um, you know, you need to be kind of pushing yourself. If you're just kind of getting into the gym or going out for a walk or a jog or whatever, and you're not kind of pushing yourself to the point where your body goes, okay, we're actually fatiguing or where, you know, you might be lifting a weight and you're getting to that 10th rep and you're kind of, you know, you're just kind of struggling to get it up. That's when you, your body's going to go, right, we need to adapt to that next level and you'll grow stronger. And that depends then how, what your, you know, what your end goal is. But I think, um, if, if you're, if you're kind of at a point where you're happy where you're at, you just want to maintain that, then you don't need to push that. But if you're at a point where you're actually, you know, you've, you've not been looking after yourself, you, you may need to push that from where, what you've been doing. You need to push it a little further if you want your body to actually change. Yeah, look, it's interesting. You know, you look at some, some lifestyle shows. If we talk about shows like The Biggest Loser, Tim, you know, you, you see these sort of scenarios where you've got uh, maybe artificial environments where, you know, we don't have those sort of abilities to have these personal trainers with you 24-7 trying to um, move and get, get, you know, very large frames moving and, and moving forward. But it can be small steps, can't it? It doesn't have to be, you know, all that sort of heavy stuff all the time. It can be just, you know, little steps. Any tips there at all for our listeners on back chat? Yeah, so, um, yeah, it doesn't have to be. You don't have to be at that level where someone's screaming at you and you're going to your throw-up type of thing. Yeah. Um, I think the big, the best thing is just that, don't, just that um, I think a lot of people get scared off because they go, right, if I'm going to train, I have to go all out. So if, I'm, if I don't feel like going all out, I'm just not going to do it at all. Mm. Just just do something. Something's better than nothing. Yeah. And it's more about getting into that, that um, regular habit. It's about making habits really and it's not all about training hard but training smart so it's um regularity is a big thing and even when it comes to training you know you see those guys on biggest loser and that sometimes they're pushing them they're pushing them they've got that lactic burn they're burning 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 till they throw up that doesn't necessarily get you to your goals yeah it hurts but it doesn't actually make your muscles that much stronger so you've got to be smart about the way you train and um and whether it's right for you mm. Yeah, I would say that a lot of the what you see on the big, biggest loser is more about TV ratings than necessarily uh, the best way to exercise. But uh, look, it's an interesting experiment all the same, isn't it? <laughs> so, what, what, look, in terms of some of the common errors um, when when people are, are exercising, we talk about guidelines. What are the common mistakes that people make when they're looking at their exercise? Yeah, um, I think uh, a lot of the mistakes I see are due to you know a lack of mobility. So, you know, you see someone doing a squat or a deadlift, usually there's like a real lack of, of hip mobilization, you know, they don't actually have the flexibility in their hips to get down deep, so then they're, they're um, giving in their lower back. Um, and some of that comes down to it's not just poor mobility, it's just poor instruction as well. So yeah. a lot of people, if they're not used to doing this, they don't actually have the body awareness, so they're not actually aware, they don't have, it's just like someone who's great at surfing and someone who's not, they don't have the balance or the body awareness. So that takes a bit of time. It's about starting small, and it is great if you can have a trainer or someone to kind of guide you through that. And what I've done, like with my program, you know, you have uh, there's little videos and stuff that just steps you through, and you can see the exact kind of angles and, and the quality of the movement. And we have a big emphasis on that mobility before you work out and the stretching afterwards. It's just such a it's it's a no brainer, and you know, it's it, it's people miss it, but it's it's like it, it, you have to have it in there. Mate, just a, I need some advice on this one too, if I could. So you know, patients who come in, <laughs> patients who come and see us, see Anthony, see yourself, who who 
you know, we say to them, well, exercise is an important part of their well-being. It's an important part of their spinal management care. And they come back with the answer, but I'm really busy. I, I just can't fit it in. I mean, I'm, you know, I've got to drop the kids. I've got to do that, et cetera, et cetera. Now, that's probably the most common asked question you'd probably get or scenario. Any, any tips yeah. in regards what how you'd handle that sort of situation if that was if that when that comes landing your way? Yeah, good question. Um, always refining, depending on the on the patient. Um, I think it's all about priorities. Yeah, you know, and and part of my job is sometimes to really show how they're making something else a priority, but you need to make yourself priority. It's like when you jump on a plane and, you know, you read the thing that says, right, fit your own mask before you fit someone else's. Mm. And someone might be going, oh, I've got to do this, got to do this for the kids, got to do this, got to do that. Mm. It's like, look, you've got to make time for yourself as well. You're important yeah. and all these people are relying on you, but if you don't look after you, then they're all going to fall to pieces down the track. So, you know, that's, that's easier said than done. But it, I think then it's just then, right, just make 15 minutes for yourself. You know, and then if you can start to make it 20 minutes, half an hour. You know, I think, he, well, Tim's got a really good point here because at the end of the day, we, we, we sometimes hear patients say, well, you know, I've got to look after A, B and C, my family first, and then I'll get to myself, if it's from a spinal perspective or maybe it's a nutrition perspective, but saying, trying to drop the penny that actually if you get yourself right first, yeah. suddenly you can make a big difference to your whole family if you've got more energy you're moving around more you're being more active if you start to put some priorities on yourself as well i mean you know. Look, basic thing if you're healthy and fit you're going to achieve more so it's just finding that way of backpedaling to go okay well what do i need to do and it might be like we've said in, pre- in previous podcasts about incidental exercise mm. as well make you know instead of uh driving the kids to, to school walk the kids to, to school yeah. you know start to incorporate little things and and as tim was saying you know build 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 get the techniques right, which is obviously what the Robards uh, uh, program is all about. And that, in fact, let's just jump into that, Tim. Just uh, give us a little bit more detail about what your uh, program is all about. Yeah, so basically um, what I found was it's all on that, that motivation. You know, there's so many programs out there that kind of promise quick results in four weeks or eight weeks or mm. whatever and rope people in and they do it and it's like, you know, there's a restrictive diet and, yeah, they might make some changes over four weeks or so, but then they put back on or they lose, they just lose it after that. It's not sustainable. They're very restrictive or too hardcore. And what I remember reading an article a while ago and it said, like, if people continue to do some sort of fitness for six months straight, generally it almost it imprints in their brain and they're more likely to keep it up for the rest of their life, whereas... You know, the, the, the four, eight, 12 week things, they know that people start to peter off at the end of that. So that's why they make them that long. So with the Robards method is we've got 25 different grades. Basically, it's like belts in karate. So you look at someone who signs up for karate and you know, they, they're, they're in it hopefully to get the black belt. We'll just test it, see if they're enjoying it, but you, you're at least making that commitment. To, to give it a go. So with the, the Robards method, we've got different levels, much like belts and karate. So you, you go through each level. At the end of that month, there's a little exam. So you're training for your exam. If you pass your exam, you then move on to the next level. So you are always got that sense of achievement and yep. you're always growing. And, um, yeah, and then it has the – it's all body weight and calisthenics-based stuff. So – Basically, I've tried to pull in the minimal amount of equipment to give you the maximum amount of result 
Yeah. And there's so many different things you can do with just, you know, a chin-up bar and a low bar and some dip bars and rings. So a lot of people get you know, scared off set of rings. They go, oh, yeah, it's for Olympians. My mum is doing the program. So she's on the level <laughs> one at the beginning stuff, stages. Yeah. Whereas someone who's quite fit who wants to, you know, wants to, he's already, you know, been doing CrossFit for a while and they just want to change and, and challenge themselves and actually work people on the mobility, they would jump in, say, at level three. Right. So, and then, you know, they go from there. So there's kind of a level for everyone. I've covered, I think I've covered too many people. <laughs> so, so, Tim, is this something, is this something that someone, uh, it's a, a web-based program, I'm assuming, do they do the exercises at home or do they do them in a gym environment or? Yeah, so this is, um, we build an app. So basically you've got a personal trainer in your pocket. So you okay. can go down to the park. Um, you can do it in your gym, um, but if you don't have a gym membership, you can go down to your local park. You do need some basic equipment. You need a chin-up bar, um, those kind of things you get at your outdoor workout station. Yep. So, um, And what we've done then, most people go down to those stations and they're like, well, I can't do a chin-up, so I can't use that bar. And you know, I can only do push-ups on my knees if I'm lucky. What we've done is we've stepped through all the basic stuff. There's actually so much you can do down there, and we've given you little um, power bands and the rings. And they allow you to kind of um, to step through the, the progressional progress to, to building up to something like that. So, like my mum, she she can't, you know, she can just kind of hold herself off the bar, but she's building up to that stuff, and she's doing really well. So it's a it's a way that you can slowly progress your strength, your mobility, and you feel that you're always continually growing, rather than just going to the gym and going, all right, I'll do this exercise and pump out a few sets and reps and getting bored of it. So in your practice, obviously the the, uh, uh, the Robards method is something that anyone anywhere in the world could be doing as long as they've got a smartphone. Yeah. You, do you, I'm imagining you incorporate this in with your practice as well. Do you take your patients through the 25 uh, belts to get to their black belt in exercise? Yeah. Well, um, that's where the it kind of started because, you know, I'd be handing out little pamphlets and do this exercise, do that exercise one at a time and basically doing what I'm doing now, but just giving them all these little individual things. And then when it comes to nutrition, giving them all little things on, you know, what's the deal with sugar? What's the deal with, you know, all the little inflammatory things you might be eating? Just going through all that sort of stuff. But now I've just incorporated into a program so that they can take it away and they can kind of go through it at their pace and work through it. So we try and tackle all the, the nutritional stuff and um, and all the movement stuff. Fantastic. So with the nutrition, perhaps do you want to just mention a bit what's yep. what's your protocols or programs or you know, just yeah. your broad sort of guidelines with that with the program? Yep. Yeah, so we've come across we've developed the seven two one principle. So basically it's basically how I eat and I think it's it's sustainable. So I try and eat about seventy percent super clean. So when I say super clean, that's you know, just fresh, raw, whole foods. Um, so it might be a you know a steak and some veggies and things like that. Um, then twenty percent sensible. So you know if you want to have your spaghetti bolognese or something, you might just throw a couple of extra veggies in, um, whole wheat pasta or a, you know gluten free pasta or whatever. Um, and then ten percent relaxed. So that's where you know if it's someone's birthday, you have your birthday cake. Or if you feel like a little bit of you know if you're relaxed, is cacao nibs and some um, you know some natural yogurt, whatever. Just uh, it's it's sustainable and it's real. You know, I'm not kind of saying right, you can't ever touch sugar again, you can't ever touch this, but you're just keeping it at a, a real balanced level. I find that that's what people, if you're doing that for the rest of your life, you potentially will maintain a healthy weight. Whereas if you tell someone to restrict something, cut this out, cut that out, you can do it for a while, and then they just get bored of it and they 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 fail. 
you know, if I just whack my nutrition hat on as well here, it's one of those sort of things, don't you reckon, Tim, where if we have these sort of restrictive diets and we go sort of more towards, you know, we've got to be completely gluten-free or dairy-free 100% all day, every day, suddenly we find it's really hard to live. Sometimes we find it can be really difficult socially. Sometimes we can find that, you know, engagement in in different functions don't happen. And you know what? The cortisol hit, the stress associated with that, sometimes, you know, having a situation where we don't go so strict on that and we actually have a bit of relaxation and fun with your friends and there might be just that food that we may eat that it's not the end of the world unless you've got... A, you know, a celiac disease where that's, you know, we understand that that's a medical condition yeah, yeah. that requires to be gluten-free 100% of the time. But I sometimes wonder, you know, with this, and we've seen it with patients, as I'm sure you have, Tim, Anthony has, yeah. sometimes the obsession actually hormonally can be counterintuitive. It can almost lead to more stress hormones being released and the benefits sometimes might be you know, reduced a little bit with, with that sort of protocol. Well, I think what Tim's saying with his yeah. thing, the 721, it's it's having, I guess, uh, um, some guidelines and then just being mindful, you know. The, you know, So often when we, when the, our next podcast, we'll be, we'll be discussing a little bit about this, I suspect. Sure. But, um, uh, but about, you know, really experiencing what you're eating rather than rush, rush, rush uh, and not really sort of having that sense of it. And, of course, you know, being at a birthday party, experience the moment, you know, Mm. enjoy, you know, enjoy the really, you know, bathe yourself in the joy of that experience. And part of that might be eating a little bit of birthday cake. That's not going to do you any harm. kind of not the end of the world, you know. I think education is key, you know, and that's where we've got, we've got 30 chapters of nutritional guidance, but they're just short, sharp, punchy little, little guidelines that just talk you through each little thing, you know, what types of protein to eat, what types of fat to cook with, to eat with, you know, all that, that sort of stuff, which if you kind of get that, you can then, um, you can then kind of work out when you're out at a restaurant or whatever, you can kind of work out what I'm going to eat from the menu, you know, but then you, it's just about keeping that balance in life and not being too over the top because so many people are counting calories and, you know, stepping on the scales and counting calories and stepping on the scales, they become so infatuated with it. It's not a healthy thing. And like you said, there's far too much cortisol, which, you know, then makes you pack on more weight anyway. So. Mm. And, and and the scales dictate your day. I mean, they go and yeah. say, so, well, now I've had a bad day. That's it. You know, it's like, my goodness, you know, there's, you know, there's, it's just yeah. not credible. There's more to life than counting calories, that's for sure. So you've obviously uh, achieved a lot in your uh, time, both uh, in the media and uh, in the health circles. Uh, part of uh, the back chat, what we like to do, Tim, is to, to really understand um, our health experts just that little bit more deeply and to ask if you've had a particular impactful experience, a, a pivotal moment in your life that really sort of, you know, pushed you in one direction, whether it be the media, your health or, or, or anything else. Is, can you resonate with something in your life that would fit that description? Um, definitely. There's probably um, two big ones. But, yeah, the, probably the, the biggest one um, was, you know, when I was 11, my mum actually, um, she just had my brother and she actually she got really sick all of a sudden. We didn't know what it was and, um, you know, she had, Tests and tests and tests, and all of a sudden, they, you know, she got diagnosed with um, chronic fatigue and then narcolepsy, all this stuff. She basically used to have these seizures, so she would get so much pain in the back of her head and kind of go unconscious and then start convulsing and shaking and stuff. And then she'd be bedridden for two days afterwards. And like, as a kid, you're just pretty scary. You'd have to call the ambulance, they come pick your mum up. They would, they would know what the hell's going on. Then they just send her home with absolutely no answer. And then she's kind of bedridden, and I've got this little brother that's 
that's just been born by you know hanging around. And my dad, he was he was around, but he was he had to work still. And and for me, I really had to grow up pretty quick. Um, I was you know I had to care for my mum to a certain degree and pick up the house chores at home and and raise my brother to a certain degree and learn to look after myself. And I think seeing my mum like originally, she was sort of burning the candle at both ends. With she was working hard, she was always pretty fit and healthy, but she. She, uh, she was pushing it pretty hard at the time and she was, she was doing some play. She was up, she was actually in a musical, which is really weird. She can't sing it to save a life, but she was doing some <laughs> musical thing. And so she was late nights. She was looking after her kids. She was working during the day. It was all over the shop. So that really, um, I guess that, yeah, that was instilled in me. And like, you've got to keep a balance in life or yeah. stuff like this happens. And you see so many people that there's not one real answer to why they're sick, but, they were so out of balance and so like, you know, they're just not looking after their body. And so that, I guess that's probably one of the things that really made me, I had to, you know, I was, when I was 13, I was reading the, the zone book and the zone diet and, um, yeah. you know, I was training, I was lifting weights when I was 13. And that's a little bit also, I wanted to, I wanted to make the high school football team. <laughs> so, um, so, you know, I, I was cooking for myself. So I thought, right, what am I going to cook? And that uh, was funny. I used to, mum used to buy a lot of tofu and things. And so I, I wanted more protein when I was younger. And that was, you know, you, you could sit in the fridge and not go off for a while. So I'd be cooking these like tofu stir fries and then put them in wraps and take them to school. And the kids used to call me tofu boy. Right. Okay. <laughs> but, but in saying that, they'd always go, oh, can I actually have a little bite? Yeah. That's yeah. Right. Yeah. Curiosity would sort can of you, come in there. Can you make one for me tomorrow? That's right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, it's actually quite tasty. Yeah. Actually, you might we have that too. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so, and then I think, um, you know, another one, like going through the show when I went through The Bachelor, yeah. that was a huge thing. That was a huge three months of my life. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so many new challenges. It was you're up every morning at 5.30 a.m. You go to bed at midnight if you're lucky. Right. And every day you, you're running a, you know, $10, 20000000 million show. It all kind of lies on you. There's a lot of pressure. You're breaking up mm-hmm. with a girl every week, every three days. The You know, the the media, everyone's, you've got a million people watching and criticizing every word you say everything mm-hmm. so i think that was a defining moment where i had to and the, the, the ep the executive producer of the show before i went into it he said look he goes you know tv really made a man of him and it'll probably do the same if you want i think that really coming out of that i was so empowered and because when you do really challenge yourself and put you in really expand your comfort zone i like to use that term instead of you know, yeah. yourself out but just expand your own comfort zone yeah um you know, you really grow as a person, and that's where it's kind of given me, I guess, I had all the same knowledge beforehand, but now I've been given a bit of that strength to go, you know what, um, I can help more people than just in the clinic, and that's yeah. why I want to come out and have this message, and I'm lucky that I've I've got a bigger audience now as well, but with that comes a bigger responsibility too, which I, which I'll take on, and I, I love to have that, and the more people I can help, the, the more, you know, I guess... I'm satisfied. It's a little bit selfish in, in a way, but the more people I can help, the better I feel about myself. That's fantastic. Look, yeah, I think one word encapsulates what Tim's saying. It's actually leadership, isn't it, really? In the sense that, you know, from a young uh, young adolescent, if you think, I'm thinking Tim would have been my son's age, Caleb's age, you know, 12, 13 sort of scenario, and then having a situation where if dad was busy all day, every day, and working and mum's home sick. He stepped so, up to the plate. He had to step up to the plate. New babe, new brother. Is it new brother? New baby brother? Yeah, yeah. Been yep. born, you know, suddenly, yep. you know, you're going from probably mucking around with your mates, sort of having to come home and help and do more around the house. And then you, we can't hide probably what that helped 
you know, then go into an environment which, you know, unequivocally would be a very stressful environment. I mean, I'm sure there was a lot of fun and excitement and all the rest, but, hey, there would have been a lot of stress, a lot of pressure on your shoulders, and probably those experiences when you were younger may have helped, you know, help build your resilience to be able to cope with it, do you think? Because there's no preparation yeah. for that. There would be no – you couldn't go through any – your executive producer might have set you down saying, mate, your life's about to change. Are you really ready? We can't really do anything to simulate anything. It's just either you're in or you're out and, you know, what can you prepare for that? You can't. Yeah, it's funny because, like, I didn't actually apply for it. They came kind of chasing me down and I said, no, 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 no. And then All right. finally I was like, you know what, maybe I kind of, there's a few little omens, you know, I kind of picked up on them. I'm like, well, I'll pay attention to these. That's all right. Let's, let's, all right, I'll come in for the interview. But it was funny because I sat, I sat back and I'm like, all right, you guys tell me why. I sat in front of six, a panel of six people. Right. Yeah. And instead of kind of sucking up their butts, I was like, you tell me why I think, you know, I was just straight out with it. And, and I think that, that honesty, um, kind of came through. And then, yeah. yeah. And then after that, it did get that point. He actually used those those words, and he said, "Right, your life will change. <laughs> you yeah. better, you better, um, you better suit up." And you put the bachelor suits like stepping into a Batman suit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you, yeah. You've, got to, you've got to kind of man up, and um, yeah, and it was worked out really well. Well, I think something that's inaugural, something that's the first, because you were the first bachelor. So yeah. I think always there's a lot bigger build up. There's a lot of curiosity, uncertainty. You know, the network uses it pretty hard, whereas once you've had one, I suppose, there's an understanding to some degree what goes on. So there probably was more pressure on your hefty shoulders, yeah. young man, I would say. There'll only yeah, ever be one you know, first, that's for sure. Mm. Yeah, the network invests a lot of money into it, and, you know, you, you're not sure also how the Australian public will respond to it. America's yeah. very different. So yeah. you, you're up for, you know, there's a lot of talk, obviously, in German Australia and a lot of criticism. So you really have to go, you know what, I'm... I'm just going to be me. I'm happy with me. And yep. if people don't like it, that's too bad. You can't make everyone happy. No, you don't. But, right. you know, then, yeah, so it was a good kind of <laughs> good growth process like that. Excellent. Now, just if we look at exercise and some take-home yep. messages, what we like to ask our talent, the person we interview, three take-home messages that our listeners from Backcheck can learn in the context here we're talking about moving. So could you give our listeners three take-home exercise messages, Tim? Yep, I like to do something that makes me sweat every day. So that doesn't have to be the gym, doesn't have to be, you know, a massive workout. It can just be a brisk walk, whatever. Uh, it could be kicking the ball around with your kid. But, you know, a good goal for me to let me know I'm getting enough movement is just something where I break a bit of a sweat um, every day, which is, you know, it can just be walk, run, anything. You don't have to always go 110%. Um, that would be the first one. Okay. Um, and then the second one, I guess, then – if you then, you know, if you do have a goal and you're trying to reach it, you do have to then take your body to that, just that next level and, and challenge it enough to stimulate it to change. You know, it's like we said before, exercise is stress on the body. You don't want to put too much stress or things will break. Mm. <laughs> um, but if, you know, you, you have to try and push it, just push yourself to that next little level to get your body to change. And then, um, the other thing, you know, as I said before, again, mobility is essential to, you know, to being truly healthy. So body-weighted exercises, yoga, Pilates, things like that are great to put in. It doesn't have to be the only thing you do, but it can be a great complementary thing to what you do. And that's what we've done with Robust Method is a huge, huge focus on body-weighted exercises and, um, and mobility in there. Excellent. Now, that's some fantastic messages there. What do you think, Anthony? Yeah, very good, very good. Look, I, I think a lot of people are going to be interested in uh, having a look at this app. 
So if we look at the, Ro- the Robards Method, it was launched earlier this year and is a new approach to functional movement, sustainable nutrition and mindfulness. It's based on the eat, move and think right to maximise your genetic potential type principles. Workouts can be done inside and outside and have levels of progression from basic, intermediate to advanced levels. And much like belts and karate that Tim talked about a bit earlier, uh, you progress through a proven system, not just a four-week fad. This is a lifestyle change and it's theroadmardsmethod.com for more information. What do you reckon, Anthony? Oh, great. Look, I think that's really – thank you so much, Tim. We really appreciate it. Um, yeah, my, my, my wife and my daughter are going to listen to this podcast uh, <laughs> definitely. They're, they're a bit similar to Kiara. Their, their interest has probably waned, but uh, your, your being on our show tonight has really sparked it up for, for them, that's for sure. That's right. Excellent. <laughs> thanks. It was great. This is actually yeah. my first real podcast. Oh, wow. Is that right? Thanks for- Thanks for breaking me in. We're, we're, we're honoured. There you go, mate. So it's only going to go around the world forever. So uh, it's on a Wi-Fi, so we've got a good coverage in um, Istanbul and uh, over in uh, Ubekenstein. We're doing pretty well. So uh, a little bit in the US is actually quite good. And, uh, yeah, so you'll be heard all around the world, mate. Very good. Thank you. Thank you for your time. Excellent. Thank you for listening to Back Chat. No problems at all. To stay abreast with updates with Backchat, please go to our Facebook page, the w's.facebook.com forward slash Backchat Podcast. All relevant website links of today's show will be on our Backchat Podcast Facebook page. If you like this show, please leave a five-star rating on iTunes. We'll leave you with one thought, be the best at what you do, and you will grow and inspire others around you. We look forward to catching up with you on our next Backchat Podcast. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst The Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of The Wellness Couch podcasts.